passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, Ball Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Curbison. Going to Freed Bacon. God, it feels good to have a victory over Florida. We go all in on this game, talk about every single drive pretty much and almost every play. Uh, an amazing podcast. If, uh, if you guys are watching, please like and subscribe. Leave comments. We'd love to answer them. Uh, if you're listening, rate and review for us. Uh, in advance, I am sorry about my voice. Uh, I did lose it at the game. Um, but let's jump into this wonderful podcast of a wonderful win from the Vols. Uh, and without further ado. The game. Snap, the kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no sir Reed. No sir Reed. Final score, Tennessee 20, Florida 17. Pandemonium reigns. Looks, loads up. Fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught by Tennessee. Tennessee wins! by Tennessee to one. Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. Down at the 35, to the 40, to the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Pitt, touchdown on play number one. All right, so before we get into the podcast, we got to shout out our number one sponsor, betonline.ag. You guys know, I say it every podcast, it is the place to go for all your betting news and odds and sports, everything. That This is the place, okay? With BetOnline, you get the most up-to-date fighting news. You get to bet on MLB games going on right now, NFL I mean, you can bet on anything, team total wins, division wins, uh, individual players, all of it, okay? So now is the time to sign up. At BetOnline, you can sign up on your mobile device or you can uh, go online, get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE at checkout. That's B-L-E-A-V. And you get that 50% welcome bonus. So listen, y'all, please use that. Please go to bet online when you're doing all your sports betting. It makes things 
a lot more fun and a lot more interesting. Um, and I always love them. They're the place to go. Bet online. It's where the game starts. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Oh, what a beautiful day it is here in the state of Tennessee. The Vols are 4-0 and the Gators have lost. It is quite an occasion. As you can tell, my voice is still recovering from this weekend. Um, so bear with me during the podcast. Uh, had a wonderful time with one of my favorite people, Mr. Bacon. Uh, with that, Reed, how are we doing, bud? Hey! <laughs> Yeah, let's go, boy. I said it's great to be a Tennessee ball. Ah, ah, ah. No one wants to see that. Put that shit away. You're gonna you're gonna hurt somebody with those things. First off, first off, I was just gonna do it like this, and I was like, dude, you don't even look big in your collar shirts. Then I tried to show it, and then I couldn't even like really show the angle. (laughs) Let's Go, dude. Unbelievable weekend. Unbelievable time. I, man, I cherish those days of getting to be with you, getting to go to the game with Jack. Like, I've always gone with him. I haven't gone with you because you were always playing. And so it was like the first time that you, not the first time you and I have gone to a game, but like it was the first time we and I had gone to like a big, big game together. Yeah, I know. I think the other one was like North Texas or something. The other one was whatever, which I wasn't complaining because we got to go on the field that time, which we went on the field this time too. But that was the entice. This time I was like, I'm going to war for 60 minutes in, in the in the stands. And I got big man Kyler Curbson right here. I got big man Jack Gillespie right here. And there were multiple times in the game where like, I saw it like about to happen or like a big play was, and I would just grab both of you and just like hug <laughs> you. Like, um, man, incredible weekend. Um, before we start talking about this game, uh, massive shout out to the people that yes. showed up to 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 chat with us and the people that when we were just walking around campus would come up and say hello. It means the world. Uh, I never in my life, seriously, ever thought that I'd be doing a podcast and never thought in my life that I'd be walking around campus someone just like hey man like love the pod like love what you guys do I mean that it makes it all worth it it makes these five pages of notes worth it it makes it you know cram in and watch it which I I enjoy watching those films especially this one now there's some games that I don't really want to watch and I'm kind of tired of doing it but (laughs) Yeah, quick, quick uh, blowout of Akron. <laughs> yeah, that. Or, yeah, that. Or, or a tough loss. I mean, I don't. I didn't want to watch last year. Oh yeah, okay. that. That. I. I mean, I felt myself getting pissed off again towards the end of this game. So those kind of emotions like always pop back up. So when you have a bad, when there's a bad game, it it sucks rewatching it. You're just like you. You saw it when it happened, and you see it again. You're like, God dang it, dude! I knew that was bad. Well, I mean, I don't want to go back and watch, uh, you know, Jimmy Callaway drop that pass against Florida again mm-hmm. last year. I don't want to go back and watch us lose like forty-one to seven to Georgia. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see where we had a, a nice slimmer of hope against Bama. But like this one, um, it, it's easy to go back and watch. But I'm getting, you know, getting sidetracked from talking of quick story. We're we're over there at the uh, at the Spire tailgate. Um, it was awesome setup. We appreciated them inviting us to, to come over there. Great food. And it was nice, man. They, they weren't charging anything. It was just come by, meet some of the, the basketball and football. I mean, some of the basketball and baseball players, 
But anyways, we go up to to our connection with them and start saying hello. Well, he's standing there talking to Santiago Vescovi, a.k.a. Vescovi. And so he introduces us and we're sitting there talking and unbelievable. This is true. This is not making it up. This is this is a true story. We're standing there talking to Santi and he's a super, super nice guy. Gorgeous man, by the way. I'm just sitting there looking at him like, I wish I, like you. I, wish I, I wish I had your basketball skills and I wish I looked like you. But all of a sudden a guy comes up. And so the three of us turn and look and he goes, uh, hey, I'm sorry to interrupt. So I'm sitting here thinking, hey, he's going to get a picture with Santi. And he goes, yeah. I just want to let you guys know I love your all's paw. And he shakes our hands. So then we're like, hey, thanks a lot. It means the world. So then we start talking to Santi again. Then a, like a few minutes later, someone else comes up and says, hey, excuse me, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm like, okay, there, this one's going to be for Santi. And it's someone else that says, hey, we love the pod. And then we turn around and Santi just goes, so I guess you guys have a podcast. And we start <laughs> laughing. Like- <laughs> and we start that was great. Up. That was great. So like, I guess you guys have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. And then Kyla was like, yeah, it's, it's about football, but we also talk about, you know, basketball and other stuff. And I was like, yeah, man, I was like, I'm trying to think. I don't think I've said anything bad about you. I was like, maybe I have, but for right now, I can't remember. And then I straight up said, only time I remember us getting mad is when Euros, who was there, and I was like, and I was like Euros over there decided to go, like, too little to Dickerson for Michigan. And I was like, I was pissed about that. But Santi didn't say anything. <laughs> of course he didn't say anything. He's like, yeah. throw his teammate under the bus. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Reed, Reed with a pair of balls just saying that right in front of <laughs> freaking Viscovi. <laughs> but anyways, uh, unbelievable time, um, unbelievable going on on the field, seeing that, feeling that atmosphere. Like I said, I love being on campus just to soak it all up. What were your What were your thoughts about the pregame before we start talking about the game? Oh, I loved it, man. I loved being back out there, um, getting to go to the tailgates, getting to see some of – former players that I played with, like guys I just hadn't seen in a while. It's it's always fun for me. Um, and getting to do it with you. I've never really been able to do it with you. So that was also like a new wrinkle into everything. And like, you know, I always enjoy going down on the field. It always brings back memories for me. Like just being down there and smelling the grass and, and being on the field, like, like I was almost like I kind of want to put my hand in the dirt real quick and just kind of yeah. just kind of yeah. feel it on my fingertips, you yeah. know, because that's that's how I'm used to feeling the field, getting a three point stance, feel it on your fingertips. Um, so it was it was incredible. I mean, Checker Nealon is always insane. Uh, it always looks so beautiful. Like I don't care if our record is you know two and five or whatever it is. I absolutely love Checker Nealon. I, I I feel like we should do it more often, do it for more big games. Like, I absolutely love it. And let's be honest, it, the checkering is not what made us lose. It's bad coaching is what made us lose in the past. All right? Like, let's not let's not put it to the checkerboard and the gray uniforms is why we lose games. So, it, it, it is really – like, it is just a pretty thing. And, like – whether it's at night or when it's the sun's going down or whether it's at 3.30, 4 o'clock time. I mean, it just looks great. Um, I was kind of poo-pooing. I was like, yeah, I don't really want to do it. And then I got there, and I'm like, no, it is like it does remind me every time I'm there. Like, no, it looks great. It looks good. I, I swear I think it's – I kid you not, I don't remember anyone doing the checkered before us. And then I remember after we did it multiple years back, Oklahoma did it, West Virginia did it. 
well, now that we did it, supposedly like Auburn's trying to do it now this week, Ole upcoming Miss. week, Ole Miss, Ole Miss is doing it. so. It's just funny, like, but I know I, before, once again, one more thing before we start about talking about the game. I know that the fans will think that's hilarious, but of course, me, I was walking around and going and checking and seeing all the recruits when we were down there. Like, at <laughs> first, I get down there and I just walk around, kind of look around, soak it all up. I, I almost do like a full circle while you're talking to all your uh, VFL homies. But um, so I get to walk by like Nathan Leacock, who's the receiver, who's a good size kid. I got to see uh, Jordan Matthews, who's the corner. I get to go the other corner from um, not Ricky, but the other corner, Christian uh, Converse or Connors from Kentucky. And it, it obviously Jordan and Christian were standing there talking to Coach Martinez. And you walk up because you and him have a good relationship and you dapped him up. He said, what's up? And of course you go, hey, uh, you said. What's up, I baby? Was like, like, I was like, what's up, coach, man? It's great seeing you. And I, and I looked over at them. I said, best DB coach in the country, baby. And yeah. I walked off. Yeah, because then I, I went up to you, and I and it was like, we're, I was like, he's still doing everything he can to try to do, pull the <laughs> I'm giving my – I was giving my all for Tennessee that day. You can tell you from were, my voice and my recruiting skills. You are getting so heated at the referees during the game. But oh, – so, yeah. and then I will say – people were around me during that game, I was – cussing them out so i'm sure people were like jesus who is this big man freaking the hell out yeah yeah the potty mouth was getting a little out of control there but, <laughs> but uh, um but i will say this i will say this uh the jonathan eccles kid was there too uh who's the five star for next year um from img he's a good sized kid it's just funny though. i was telling kyler i was like man i thought some of these guys would be bigger but then you forget, like, they're in high school and they're still good-sized kids, but they just look so young in their face. You know, we're you're 29 or 30, I'm 31. Like, you know, I'm used to being around you and some other people. So it's like, I don't know why I thought they would be bigger. But I will say this, Nico was bigger than I expected. Oh, yeah. And and so it was good to see him. And I love the fact that Nico was there. And the one – I never met him. I've never talked with him. You know, I'm standing two feet from him. But I'm not going to go introduce myself to this kid. Like, he gets it all the time. But what I was going to say is he's used to having all these people come up to him probably in the limelight and all that. But it was awesome to see him be kind of kind of that kind of giddy or kind of like, oh, there's a star when he saw Grant Williams. And that was the only person I saw Nico go up to and ask for a picture with all the other ball for life, VFL players and stuff like that. But, like, I know that UT fans love Grant because what he did here and what he meant here. But it's a little bit different for me when I see him because it's not like he was just great here and he's just okay in the NBA. Like, if you think about the people he plays with, plays against, the things that he's seen in the stages that he's been on is bigger than anything that anyone else on that field has been on except for Coach Hype because he played in a national championship. And maybe, obviously, some of those other players like Al Wilson's down there and some of that. But, like, the dude's in the NBA Finals. And I'm a basketball guy. So, like, he's in the NBA Finals – I mean, this guy's gone up against LeBron James, you know, Steph Curry, like the best of the best. And yeah. then he's like – and he's like two feet from me. And I'm just like, I just want to be in your life for like two minutes just to like – I mean, it's it, it's cool. It's it's cool. So I think, it, I think it's even more too because like Grant is not like a freak. Like he's not seen as like a but, yeah. freak tall guy, freak strong, freak athlete. Like he's just, you know, middle of the pack, 6'7". Six six maybe, you know, two fifty maybe. 
and just technique and effort and kills it. And hard work. And, and hard, hard work. work. The fact that, um, yeah, it's kind of almost like that Steph dynamic where, like, people are like, well, LeBron James is, you know, 6'8", like, 250 and is God-given athlete like crazy. Like, we can't we're, we can't do that. But it's like a small slimmer of it's like, well, if I go get up a million shots a day, I could maybe be Steph, which you can't. But it's a little bit – you feel like it's a little bit more attainable. But, like, that's what I, – I like Brant so much because he really changed his game. Like, I don't remember him being – like, he might have hit, like, five – not, I'm joking, but like five threes his first, his last year here. Now yeah. he goes and he's a three and D guy, one of the best three and D guys. And I loved it that he got drafted to the Celtics. I wanted him to go to the Celtics or the Spurs because it's such a good organizations. Yeah, I wouldn't have mind, I wouldn't have minded the Heat either. Yeah, oh yeah, great, great point, great yeah. point. But yeah, it was. Uh, I know we're getting off here. We're going back to it. <laughs> it was cool to see Nico want to go up to Grant because it's like, dude, this guy's this guy's been there, done that. Like he's been on the biggest stage you can be on. Yeah, it's 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 cool to see. I, I'm, I I love the fact that Nico, you know, gets that much praise, and everyone comes up to him. He's a five star. Everyone wants to talk to him, but once he gets there, he's just ear to ear smiles. Like he's just so happy to be a part of Tennessee culture in every aspect. And I'm just like, hell yeah, buddy! Like enjoy this. It was great to see him also talking and dapping up to, to the other guys he's going to be playing with, you know. So, um, and maybe exactly. the ones that aren't, and maybe the ones that aren't committed now, but maybe they might change. <laughs> uh, Mr. Right. Uh, Mr. Francis, you want to go to Miami? <laughs> hey, get that butt whip by my man Chase Cunningham out there. Yeah, shout time. out, Chase, shout out Chase Cunningham. He's the same grade as my younger brother. So they, I've been watching him play since he was eight years old, and he. Killed it through like the youth Catholic youth program of football, and then got to Catholic and killed it. And now he's starting quarterback MTSU. Threw for over 400 yards and four touch five touchdowns versus Miami, and just sent him freaking packing. But the thing about Chase is people don't understand. He's like the nicest guy in the world. He's one of the hardest workers. The, the dude was literally like five five when he entered high school and then he played his senior year at Catholic at like maybe five nine five ten so he got just enough he just got just tall enough but since he's I'll, pro, I'll tell you this he's always been a good athlete we used to play pickup hoops like his freshman year no his like junior and senior year at Catholic he would play hoops or I'd play golf with him which he's a fabulous golfer by the way but we'd play uh, pickup hoops and he's a good athlete he goes off the U MTSU comes back like two years later and we're throwing with him in the summer, and I'm out there just running routes and doing stuff just for cardio or playing hoops. And I'm like, I mean, dude just went freak athlete on us. And it reminded me of like, hey, he's he's got God given, but like when you get in a, a, a college weight program, oh, yeah. and then as your body's maturing, and Chase is like effortlessly taking off and like just grabbing rim or about to dunk, or like I will like what? So he's usually playing quarterback, obviously, but I wanted to guard him, so he goes out to receiver. And um, I mean, bro, just leaves me, and I'm like, Chase, like, when did you just become a, a gazelle? So, anyways, it was great to see that. Um, all right, let's, let's, you're let's, a liability in Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first off, first off, I, I was like 26 at this point, 27 trying to guard Chase, not 21. I know, I know. Uh, all right, let's get into this damn game. Uh, I'm so excited to talk about this. So, first, before we, like, get into offense and get into defense, maybe some overall statements, 
you know, I think the I think the thing about defense, I'll say, is when I look back on the stats and everything that did happen, and if you would have told me that before the game that this stuff would have happened, I would have been ecstatic. If you would have told me that we're going to hold their running backs to 25 rushes for 79 yards, so 3.1 yards per carry, we are going to make Anthony Richardson pass it 44 times, and he's going to have a 54% completion percentage, and Florida's going to have uh, two turnovers and 10 penalties, I would have been like, thank you, sir. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted out of our defense. Create a couple of turnovers. Make Anthony Richardson throw the ball. Do not let their running game beat us. And and that's exactly what our defense did. And Anthony Richardson, out of nowhere, stepped up and made throws that he had to make uh, in certain moments. So, okay. Give it up to him. Like, if he makes those throws, we never saw that before. It's not like you can look on film and be like, hey, he's really good at this out route. He's really good at this post. He's really good at this corner. It's like, no, he he was overthrowing guys. He was never accurate this whole season, and he actually hit on plays. Um, so defensively, like, if you give me that, I would be happy. So that's why I look at it and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be mad at this defense for for what they did. And then, dude, offensively, I mean, there were the last five drives that we had, starting with the drive before halftime, goes 12 plays, 99 yards, touchdown. 10 plays, 73 yards, touchdown. Five plays, 62 yards, touchdown. Ten plays, 87 yards, touchdown. Six plays, 22 yards, downs. So we go turnover on downs. We literally went on like a 28-7 to run during, you know, second quarter into third. Um, And what what else do you want from from Heupel in this offense? And I, I think even going back to last year, I wouldn't say this was like, a question or anything, but people would, you know, murmur like, what happens before the half? Like we haven't really had like a good drive before a half under Hypo. Like it's, you know, sputtered out or there's a penalty or something happens. And this one, 99 yards for a touchdown, like the most impressive drive that you could do. And it was so crucial going into halftime, not being up and not down 14-10. Um, so I, I'm just so proud of this team that they were able to they were able to win this game. There are things I'm not proud of, which we will get into, but I'm very proud that they were able to win this game. You know, Kyler, I um you know, it's great to go back and watch. So even when I watch it on TV, I go back and I learn so much. By just, I'm not even watching game film. I'm literally – and I don't even know the play calls. I'm just re-watching the TV. And the things that I pick up on make me feel this year so much better about some stuff. Sorry, I just scarfed down dinner because I went from work to watching this film and then doing this. But um, 
and then definitely being in the stadium, bro. Like we honestly, I actually really liked our tickets better than I expected. I, I actually really, really liked them. But like some of the stuff that we yell about and get mad about, we're just we're idiots. We don't, because you you can't see stuff. I mean that's yeah. why fans in the stands like we're just gonna boo if we think it's bad, even though we have no idea. Like fans in the stands are literally the most ignorant people because you just can't see certain things. So it's True. like just enjoy just getting rowdy and being stupid and saying stupid stuff. But like there was a few th- times where like you and I could talk technical. And talk ball, and and we were right about certain things. And there's other times I remember saying something to you, and then I go back and watch it. I'm like, you're a dumbass, Reed. Like that's not what that was happening at all. But but what I go back and watch this is what I'll say this: what I was most proud about in this particular game is the amount of people that made big plays. Now yeah. I know I know Hendon is going to get a lot of the credit, and he deserves a lot of the credit. He played a well of a game. And everyone wants me to talk bad about or thinks that I'm a hater on Jalen. I'm going to tell you right now, I thought this game I, – I liked what Jalen did this game more than what, what he did in Akron. And his stats were maybe like five for 50. But I thought he had some really, really timely catches and made some really nice plays. I, I mean, Ramel Keaton's catch, this is not hyperbole for me. Ramel Keaton's catch is the best catch with UT involved. It might be, it might have to be second only because Jawan Jennings was a hell Mary catch. Yeah. But this, this Ramel Keaton catch in my 31 years of living and, and watching UT football is the best catch that I can remember. Like I said, besides that, Jawan Jennings, because it was to win a game and a hell Mary and to go up in traffic. But I mean, that catch alone and, Everyone's like, we need Brew to step up. We need Jalen to step up. You need the tight ends to step up. And it's like, well, Ramel's going to be out there. And, like, you knew me. Like, I liked Ramel. Like, I let, when we left practice, I liked Jimmy Holiday and Ramel, and I felt like they didn't get enough credit. And I told yeah. – unfortunately, I wish I wish I got to tell Ramel that, but I got to tell Jimmy Holiday that, like, as we were leaving. Like, man, I love how you play. I love how you put effort in. Like, I love that you don't get as much, you know, attention, but keep doing your thing. Yeah. Um, and, and Ramel had that where he went up in Moss, buddy. So, you know he has the capability – but, like, for him to catch that and then to go on stuff like this where your RD line is, besides Amari Thomas being an absolute factor and an absolute freak and and kind of getting to that level of, of, of Matthew Butler as last year. Now, Amari's more gifted than Matthew size-wise. Now, Matthew's hands and feet were really great, so and that's why he's in the NFL. But not just Omari and Byron Young. The fact that I saw multiple times Latrell Bumpus – Dominic Bailey, uh, Karat Garland, um, Byron Eason, Eason um, Elijah. Eli- oh, Elijah played ahead. John Terry. John Terry made good plays. I mean, all of these guys made notable times where I wrote notes and said, what a play. Then you got jo- Joshua Joseph in there, absolutely being a factor off the edge. Yeah. And these, these guys are true freshmen. And we were like, okay, yeah, maybe they'll help us. Maybe they won't. Like, I don't know. That's exactly what I said. I said, but it's nice to see them at practice that they look the part. This isn't Akron. This isn't even South Carolina. Like, this is Florida in fourth game of the year at home in a pivotal part. And Joshua Joseph and Tyree West are getting, like, big-time snaps. And it's like, so that's what I loved about this game. Like, Jacob Warren making a play. Princeton fan uh, um, bouncing back. Like, it was a true team win. I, I was frustrated with the offensive line when I'm sitting in the stands. I go back and watch it. 
I thought the offensive line actually played pretty darn well. I mean, yeah. no offense. To, I'm not going to knock Jabari because I don't know 100% if it was his fault and maybe it was an offensive lineman's fault, but there were many times that Jabari was in the wrong spot at the wrong time and, and had some really bad blocks. Matter of fact, the one play or a couple of the plays that were third and tens or third and whatever, and Hendon made a hell of a play to have to escape pressure and hit Princeton fan or hit what – matter of fact, that play I'm talking about was the one right before Mel Keaton's catch. Like, so I, 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 the offensive line played better. But like I said, it was a true team win. Everyone on that team legitimately made good plays uh, when they needed. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of what I'll – just my overall – besides how great the atmosphere is, another thing of beauty, Kyler, besides some of these things that Hypel had offensively again today, we're thinking – Billy Napier or whoever their offensive play caller is and to play design, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. They had some very, very nice play designs. Very nice. Like, they had a couple where I said, oh, dang, like, that is super nice. Yeah. The only play call I remember hating in that entire game for them was third and five, oh, and, they wow, were coming to the end, and they were coming to the end zone. And I looked at you, I said, how do you take the ball out of your best player's hands on third and five? It's not like it's it's not like it's third and one, third and two, which I still would hate it because Anthony Richardson's your best player don't take it out of his hands because then you take the run pass option away. But the fact that the play that they came back on, on that fourth down, Oh, it was silly. We can talk about it, but anyways, great, great atmosphere, great time. But I just, it was a true team win. And I, and I love that hype said that at the end. And I loved his genuinely so many coaches, even at the end of games can still be coach speak, but I just love that. It feels genuine with hype. He's like, I love this team. And I, and I would love this team, too, because these past two years, these kids are good kids that, from the outside in. They look like great kids, great teammates. They all play hard. They all uh, celebrate for each other. They practice hard. All that yeah. crap that they went through just a very short time ago is starting at the beginning of last year, the crap that that team went through, and to be where they are now um, is special. I mean, it's, it's – I, I will remember, you know, as long as we finish out this year – well, we don't lay massive eggs. Like, this is yeah. going to be one of my favorite teams. I mean, <clears throat> to piggyback off what you were saying, like, Ramel Keaton's catch was unbelievable. As soon as he made it, I was like, I, I might just open up the podcast talking about that. I mean, it was huge. I got to say this, too. I forgot to say this. That catch was coming right at us. That yeah. catch was more impressive in person than it even is on TV. Because when I saw it in person, I was like, it's overthrow. He has no chance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was like, "There's you know, he's going to miss this. And I, I even, like, talked to past wide receivers. At 10, I was talking to Josh Smith and Jacob Carter. I was like, y'all, what about that Mel Keaton catch? And J- Josh Smith was like, I I was watching. I was like, there's no way he's catching this. Like, that's an overthrow. And he still went out and grabbed it. Like, it was so impressive. You talk about the defensive line. And Incredible. I'll tell you this right now. I am not afraid to admit it. Anthony Richardson – has some of the best pocket presence I've ever seen. Play fantastic. His ability to move around inside the pocket and get oh and feel pressure and get away from it and step up and move to the left, move to the right, wherever it's coming from, was insane. I mean, him avoiding the pressure, so many times I was like, oh, here it comes. They're right there. And then he's able to avoid it and get the ball away. I this this defensive line will not face another quarterback that will be more difficult to get down than him all yeah, they year. Were. They right. they yeah. won't. Bryce Young is great. He won the Heisman last year. He's he's an amazing player. 
but you can tackle Bryce Young. You can get him on the ground. You can put pressure in his face. Anthony Richardson, the first guy barely ever tackles him. It's the second guy. He, he oh, breaks tackles. He, he gets out of them. He somehow wiggles his arm away where he can still make a throw. It, that stuff was some of the most ridiculous things. And honestly, like watching him and just seeing like there's this, this much of the game that he needs to get better at, and he's going to be stupid. Like well, I'm worried about the future playing Anthony Richardson. Well, it makes sense because all the people that were talking about him that 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 know a lot of football, they were watching him before we watched him. And then when we were watching him, we probably weren't breaking down film. We're just watching a little bit on TV. And we're like, oh, this guy's not playing very well at all. But I told you in the middle of the game when because we were in the end zone and they were moving in front of us. And it was like first quarter. I said, bro, I said how he moves in the pocket and keeps his eyes downfield is super impressive. I will disagree with you, though. I'm not saying he's not great. I, I, I and I'm not trying to argue who's better. I think Stetson Bennett is going to be very, very good moving around that pocket, eyes downfield. Now, he has a great team around him. But Bryce Young is just as difficult to get down or just as good because, yeah, he's smaller. He's a hell of a lot smaller. Like, I mean, we, I mean, you can fold him up like a, like a wet napkin. Um, but he's so quick and so elusive. He does a really good job with his eyes downfield, too. So, I'm not trying to knock him or say yeah. that, like, you know. But, anyways, I, yeah. I, I get you. I mean, I see it as like, I don't know, Anthony Richardson just like, it, when I was looking at it, I'm like, bro, he's like freaking Josh Allen. He's like Big Ben back in the day when he was younger, where it's just like people are falling off of him every, every time. He's moving around everybody, but not going anywhere. Um, so, yeah, it just like shocked me actually seeing that because – I didn't see that versus South Florida. I didn't see that versus Kentucky. And I'm like, what, where, you know, where is this stuff? So, um, okay, let's just go through the game as it went because that's yeah. kind of how my notes are set up. I'm sure same. yours are kind of the same. Yeah. Um, so, we start on defense, which love, love the fact that we started on defense and we got the ball after the halftime. Um. And immediately I'm like, okay, we stopped the run. We're good at stopping the run. We're not letting them run. We're making him throw the ball. We're making him throw the ball. Like, and we were doing everything that we needed to do on that drive and very impressive stops. I mean, like not, you know, five-yard gains, no gains, tackles for loss, very impressive stuff. Um, You know, their first third down they have, what ends up happening? Anthony Richardson runs for it. He he doesn't pass for it. He ends up running for it. Byron Young made an incredible move trying to spin back around and get to him. He was just a little bit off. Um, but I just I was like, ooh, like that's exact like that's exactly how they teach it. Is once you get too far up in the pocket, like spin back and go. And it just it did upset me like be ready for fourth down. Be ready for this team to run on fourth down. Like their first fourth down, we weren't even lined up. They ran a quarterback sneak. It was easy. And it's just like, y'all should know. I mean, I understand not everybody goes for it on fourth down, but like understand what this game is about. And I know you guys play against our offense at practice. Y'all aren't used to hurry up. Felt like there was multiple times in the game where it's like, 
they're just kind of well, like looking over at the sideline. They don't have their hands in the dirt yet. And I'm like, y'all get lined up. Like, I think that definitely affected some of the plays and some of Florida's success later on in the game. Um, I Elijah just setting a new line of scrimmage. I mean, multiple, multiple times he did it. But on that drive, literally just pushing a man back, setting a new line of scrimmage, one yard back, and then reaching his arm out, making tackles. And then the eventual fourth down stop, Amari and Elijah messed up the interior three guys. Two guards in the center got body bagged by them, and they completely ruined that play, made it to where Andrew Richardson had nowhere to go. Linebackers ended up cleaning up for him, and it was like, this is exactly what we want out of our defense. This is exactly what I want. That's exactly how this first drive should go. We bent a little bit. We're, we're stopping the run, making him beat us with our arm. And then they're trying to go for it on fourth down, and we stuff them. So I was like, it, as soon as that happened, I'm like, all the confidence in the world, like, let's go. This defense is playing out of their minds. All we got to do is go score. And I love the offensive drive. I'm like, here we go. So, so, so what we'll do is we'll, we'll each talk about each, because I have it exactly like that. So for me, first defense. I'll say this. I love the first play by Florida. I thought it was a great way to get try to get AR settled in. Little play action, little little quick quick throw. I thought it was a good play. Um, I have the same notes. Love on the second play that like, hey, we just set the tone. Like your running game is it's it's not going to be here. Like it's a good like good you know great job hold the line of scrimmage whatever awesome. Um, I thought like you said the Elijah play. Um, Fourth and one, you know, I, I agree with you. Like, hey, let's get lined up. Let's get settled up. Like, it's pretty hard to stop. A, a, a I'm not saying that they shouldn't be lined up, but it is very difficult to stop a fourth and one. Like, if you're a good a good or above average football team and you have AR or a good size quarterback, like, you should be able to get fourth and one. So, yeah. um, let's see. Um, dang it, I have great coverage here, but I can't write or read what I wrote on who that was. So, I had great coverage by somebody. Um Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So, the big person 10, that this is something that I don't see when I'm in, in the stands, but I'm like, they get the fourth one, they come back, and they complete a pass on first and 10. I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. But it's like, you go back and watch our film, it's like, okay, we brought a blitz. And a lot of the time, same thing with Pitt. Like, if it was a decent play, and I did say this in the in the game, but is a lot of those hook curl flats is where some of these teams like to get us, or maybe even – yeah, so so flats are everyone like if you don't know flats are on the outside like basically the boundaries, but then hook curl is almost like the seam area. It's kind of like the middle. It, the the hook curl is kind of what's called between the 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 flats and the center of the field. Mm-hmm. So kind of that, and that's where a lot of teams they know that we love that nickel to bring the nickels, and so they replace and turn right behind it. And it's just it looks bad as optics because you're watching on TV and you're like, geez, Tank McCullough's like, geez, Trey Flowers like. Why can't you guys come up? But it's like, they're the safety. Like, that's not, you know, it's not like uh, Tamari McDonald or Wesley Walker was like in man coverage and got beat. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, so so that was one thing. Another one on that Elijah play you're talking about, 
and Amari, but like it was a great scrape job by by Jeremy Banks, which scraping is kind of fighting through traffic, working your way downhill as a linebacker. Because if you're in the middle here and you're you know you're squared up, you got to work your way down. There's guards coming up, there's tackles coming up. You got to fight through that traffic, bring it. So that was good. And Roman Harrison, I thought a lot of times in defense, I thought our edge guys did a really good job of working down the line of scrimmage. If yeah. it was something backside or even not backside, maybe just backside B gap. So like that, that means they're not running like way outside, but it's just, it's, it's kind of up the middle on the opposite side of the center. I thought our edge guys all night did a really good job of squeezing down. Roman did great. Uh, Byron Young did great. And I think, I think there was only one time where I was like, you know, you didn't play it correctly. And mm-hmm. Anthony pulled, there was only like one play I saw I of Byron Young yeah. and that was it. Yeah, yeah. I I I think all the rest, they played both very well and, like, made him hand it off but then got into the play. Yeah, and Joshua Joseph, I thought, did a heck of a job of that for a freshman and a guy who's a little bit smaller, doesn't have, you know, a bunch of weight in his ass yet, as coaches like to say, but he he played physical. Now, go ahead with offense. That's what I was going to say for the first defense. So, first drive, I mean, some of the plays I absolutely love. I hate the pre-snap penalties. I hate the false starts. Um, that always pisses me off, but you know, Hendon's first run, uh, for a first down, just like makes 51 look like an idiot. Um, his escapability on Saturday was insane. Uh, just getting out of issues, getting out of trouble. Um, great completion of Jalen across the middle. Like that's exactly the kind of thing that you want Jalen to be a part of a crossing route using his speed getting away from his defender, giving him the whole field to run away from his defender. Um, So it sets up perfect for him. I love that. Um, You know, another false start. You know, we have another run from Hendon um, on a draw, which I I love. I love our draw plays. I I like the different looks they put them in. And, you know, we'll talk about it later. But, you know, they had the one on the touchdown with Jacob Warren – in in the backfield and you even call it before you're like Jacobs in the backfield. This is going to be a draw. Um, and then, you know, you get to that point and you're driving down the field, you're driving down the field, you're driving down the field. There's nothing stopping you. They ain't doing nothing. And we didn't even run the ball. Like it was literally just all passes, Hendon taken off all passes. Great throw to fan. He's trying his best. He puts the ball in, a, in his correct hand because defender to his other side, he has to stiff arm. But number 51 for Florida is a beast. He is a great player. He's fast as hell. He, he understands football. He understands blocking schemes. He knows how to get off blocks very well. That was an amazing play by him. I, I don't hold it against Fant. I'm not pissed at Fant. I could tell Fant was literally bringing his other arm over, trying to go cover it up, and Buddy got there before he was able to and knocked that ball out. But, like, other stuff that I saw, like Cooper had some amazing eyes on pass pro. There was – yes, there was a play I had, where I – got, I got it in my notes right here um... – and I love that you said that because it, but I said, um, thought O line did a great job. Cooper did a great job with picking up because they did run a stunt and he yeah. pop, pop, pop. Yeah. They and flipped. Then, so the interior yeah. guys flipped sides. They, sw- yeah. they twisted on a stunt. Cooper set to his right, 
yep. saw that it was a stunt. He was backing up and he immediately turned left, backed up and was able to collect the guy. Just like little stuff like that, getting back into your set. And, you know, you said earlier, you actually were impressed with the line once you rewatched it. When they sent five guys, there wasn't pressure. There was not pressure on Hendon when they sent five. When they sent six is when pressure got to Hendon, is when he didn't have time, is when he got hit really well. But when they sent five, we gave him enough time to get rid of the ball. Maybe there was good coverage and he had to run. But in no way was it – they were just letting guys through. Um, I, I will say this. You, you know, you mentioned Jabari. Dude, his his pass pro, like someone told me, uh, like, oh yeah, Jabari probably won't make it in the NFL because he got like caught on that one long run he had. I'm like, no, that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. He won't make it in the NFL because he can't pass block. He doesn't know how to read a blitz coming. Um, he he doesn't understand who he needs to pick up, and you can be good with your hands and your feet and be able to stop a blitzer. But if you don't even know who you're supposed to be blocking, you're shit out of luck. Uh, I counted up four total plays where this happened. Three of them were on Jabari. One was on Coop. So I, I just, I have to call it out. I can't just like say nothing about this. This is obviously an issue that Jabari needs to get better at. And I love him. I love the way he plays the game and as a running back but like i need you to add another thing to your repertoire you just have to to be a all-around back for us and i and so i'm just like disappointed in the fact that i don't know if it's just knowledge base or he's just getting confused in the moment but like someone needs to try and talk him through it well, it makes me a little nervous because, like, he still plays a lot. So, does that mean the rest of these guys blitz pick up? When, when Jabari – and this is no knock on Jabari. I love him, uh, how, how he runs. I appreciate him, his efforts. Uh, he's a he's – a, I'm going to say a local kid, but, I mean, he's a Tennessee kid. He's a Memphis boy. And so, like, I love having them come down and, um, and, and be a part of the state. You know, they're six hours away. Like, I love, you know, great, great football players just like Amari uh, coming down from Memphis. And – but so it, it's not a lack of um, – it's definitely not a lack of physicality because we have both seen Jabari stick his neck in there and absolutely blast people mm-hmm. or, or absolutely someone that he's given up three or four inches and probably 50 pounds to, and he stonewalls them. So I don't – and like I said, that's why at first I didn't want to knock him and just say, hey, maybe it was an offensive lineman's fault, but there were plenty of times where Jabari's got to pick it up. Now, what I was going to say about someone talking about NFL, he's not going to be in the NFL because he got caught from behind. I mean, he's just not an NFL player. Like, there's nothing about his game that makes me say, "Oh, he's an NFL player." And that's not a knock. That's not a knock on him. Like, it just it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean he can't be a good college running back. Um, so, anyways, I'm just going to be very quick because a lot of the same stuff that you said is what I have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, love the QB draw. We love those plays, uh, and I think those are so vital to our they're so vital to our offense yeah. because you gain an extra, you gain an extra blocker. If they make their blocks, you gain an extra blocker. It's um, something else that the defense has to worry about. Hendon is good with the ball in his hands. So it's a, it's a, it, you want to keep the ball and guys, do you want Jabari in the open field or do you want Hendon in the open field? I want Hendon in the open field right now. 
just to be honest with you. Like, that's what that's what I want. So it's like, that's why I love them. And I love that they do them from so many different ways. And yes, I love the fact that they got Jalen involved like that. And that it was it was fantastic to see. Um, so we can go ahead and move to the uh, the defense, the next yeah. defense. So next drive ends up in a, a missed field goal. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I have one note on this. Besides, yeah, I have one goal. note, and it's the route by uh, Parcel or whatever his name is that wide receiver in the throw that Anthony made. Like his route running is is very good. Like it was awesome. Don't let anybody fool you that like oh we can't cover like. Tamari was trying his ass off to cover that man. He had an amazing route. I'll put it in here. But his eyes are what sold the route. He literally went inside and looked at Anthony Richardson, then stuck his foot in the ground and went all the way back out. And that is just such a tough, tough route to defend man-on-man as a defensive back. Like – very difficult to be able to flip your hips and try and run back with him. Like he's not a fast individual himself. Um, but that was really all I had on this drive. I'm like, God damn, that was a route. So they, I'll say it again. Uh, they're good teams. They're, there's good. They have good players. They're going to make big time plays. Like they're going to be good. So it's like, yeah. sometimes the other guy just gets the best of you, you know, just like a one-on-ones in practice. Sometimes you get them. Sometimes they get you. Uh, the only, but what I had was, is I love how he does it, and I feel so good when my man Kamal Hatton is setting the edge. He so good. Well, let me say this. Not let me not say necessarily set the edge, but if they leave him unblocked, so on one of the plays, um, they had a receiver over him, but they bring it in and try to get that receiver to get a block maybe on an outside linebacker. And so they leave Kamal. And so that's kind of like the running backs, like, Hey, this is your one guy that you got to make miss. Can you make him miss? And it's just like, Kamal is a savage when he comes in and cuts people's legs and makes tackles. Like I feel so confident with him on those one-on-one. So I, I, yeah. I love to see that. Um, yeah. Next offense. Absolutely loved it. Uh, so next offense, first thing, the first play blocking yeah. by Hyatt. I love it. I love it. That's a part of the game that, you know, we kind of hinted towards is just like the physicality of Hyatt. And and is he tough enough? Because it just kind of seemed like he's trickling out of bounds. There's his pit. He's not really making people miss once he catches the ball. There's no yak yards. But here he is making a very important block for Jabari and getting us the first down. Um, That was the first thing I noticed. that pass to Ramel Keaton was the only place that Ramel could get it without it being picked off. And we said it because we were watching from behind Hinden, like, holy crap, that was so close in person. But then you watch on the tape and you're like, it's not that close, but it's still a damn hell, hell of a ball and hell of a play by Ramel to make two guys miss. And to come back to it, use his hands. He he does a great job of catching. Obviously, I can <laughs> say this now, but he does a great job catching with his hands. I actually think our our entire receiving core does a good job of of coming back to the ball and using their hands. Yes. Uh, maybe maybe our best re- well, not maybe the best receiver on the team of Cedric Tillman is maybe the only guy that sometimes lets it get into his chest. But Ramel, man, you see Ramel, them hands are always extended. Yeah, exactly. Um... I absolutely love the quarterback power that they ran. Uh, bringing, you know, guy in motion, 
Hendon, you know, pulling that fake and then just running straight down the middle, quarterback power behind two pullers. Like, absolutely love that play. We used to run it all the time with Dobbs. I mean, all the time. It was – we literally replaced inside zone with that play. My note says, love the QB power – or love the QB power, and that says equal. So dangerous for us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but so the thing that we're talking about, the Romel Keaton, bro, that was second and 16. And he second, gets a first down. He got a first down. And he gets a first down. I mean, that's a big play. It's uh, not like it was second. That's all I'm saying, Romel. I mean, MVP. MVP this man. Um, And then, you know, drive ends. We get a field goal, but drive ends on a missed throw to Jacob, which it's a very tough throw running the opposite way, trying to throw it back across your body and get it to him. And at the moment, you know, I was upset, like, hey, you got to make that play. You know, I look back on it. I'm like, I want you to make that play, but it's very hard. I will say this. If Hendon wants to be considered a top quarterback right now, a top quarterback in whatever class he comes out of, a – better quarterback than some of the other guys, maybe a Heisman contender. Those are the plays that you pretty much have to make. Well, first off, he is a Heisman contender. and he I is, know. I mean, he's number four he, in the odds now. And he, is, and he is one of the top quarterbacks in the nation. But I agree with you. I'm saying that because I don't need fans watching this and being like, what are you talking about, Kyler? He is that. He is that. I'm with you. And the funny thing is, is I also have to admit that when we're in the stands, I'm like, bro, you got to make that throw because Jacob's going to score. I mean, he's still like 25 or 30 yards out. But if he doesn't score, he's getting very, very close because his man had decided to come up to stop. Yeah, there was nobody there. Yeah. But but I will give I will say this. I will give Hendon credits because at the during the game, I was like, those are the ones you have to, to to make those throws to win these type of games. Honestly, Kyler, there's only two throws that I was legitimately watching back now that I was like, dang it. I wish I would have seen those completed. Now, like you said, this is one of them. That's a hard throw. The one that I, the one that is a, was a bad throw was when we had Jacob coming across in the middle and it was, we had three. You threw we it had behind three, him. Yeah. We had three wide receivers to the left. I don't know what the hell Florida was doing. It was, I mean, Jacob had, it was the easiest route Jacob's ever run his life. If he just leads him, it's an easy first down potential touchdown. And he just threw it a little bit behind him. And, I watched it. He had plenty of time in the pocket, so I, I don't know what it was. There was a ref in the middle of the field. I don't know if he was worried about having to let Jacob get past the ref. I, you know, I don't know. Like, throw the throw the ball when you're ready to throw it. If it hits the ref, then, like, that's on the ref. And, like, you yeah. know. So, um, but but other than that, yeah, I mean, Hendon pretty much did everything else perfect. Yeah, I mean, hell, he was, like, 78% completion percentage. Like, <laughs> he had a hell of a game. But I was just thinking that. I'm like, bro, you know. Tennessee does not give enough credit by anybody. You know, no one wants Tennessee to be good. They literally don't. Like, you can tell by Gary Danielson, the way he fucking talks on the broadcast. Nobody wants Tennessee to be good. So, you have to do almost extra to get above the Bryce Youngs and get above Caleb Williams and get above uh, what's-his-face of Ohio State. It's like C.J. Stroud. You have to do above and beyond – not just, you know, have two interceptions in your past 16 games. <laughs> like, 
I mean, incredible stats this guy has. Like, if you look at his stats compared to everybody else, it's in it's stupid. But yeah. it's still not enough because he plays at Tennessee. Uh, so next defensive drive, um, you know, they end up getting a touchdown on this. I was – I'm trying to think of, like, the different plays. Um, I'm still thinking, like, our defense is doing well. They're stopping the run. They're not letting them run the ball. It's all, it's all passes or, you know, Anthony Richardson getting outside of the pocket. Um, but there was, you know – a wasted blitz by Trey Flowers. Like he's supposed to come on a blitz and literally nothing happens. Like he doesn't cause pressure. He doesn't get that was anywhere. The third and six completion. Yeah, yeah, third and six. Like he he doesn't get anywhere. It's like, okay, well, like wasted guy not being back in coverage. Um, and then just there's like two plays in, almost in a row, it felt like, of I think Kamal and I think Roman – Maybe I can't remember exactly, but like just sprinting towards Anthony Richardson, and he just kind of outruns him towards the sideline. They don't break down, they don't like get close to him, break down, make the tackle, make it difficult on him. It's the exact same thing that you said last week was like, This is something you have to do versus him. You can't just run straight at him, like be able to break down. It was something you called out that Kamal did versus Pitt when he saw the quarterback, when he came on a blitz, he didn't just take off and miss. He got his hands up. He was, you know, getting in the way of his throws. And then he didn't do it versus Anthony. And I was just like, man, like, get pressure on him while he's trying to throw that ball. So, so uh, yes. Um, very nice stop by Dominic Bailey on here. We've already talked about the third and six. We brought the blitz, and Trey was just kind of caught in no man's land. Amari Thomas had a great play. B.Y. did a great job squeezing, take on to force the fourth and one. Obviously, they get the fourth and one. I thought our backside guys, which who it was, it was Kamal Haddon and Tamari McDonald. They each had a chance. They played it really well where they stayed at home backside. They they got – I think Tamarian even got a chip on – so what they did is if you're watching on TV, they played action and then he's rolling around. Well, the guy that's coming across to maybe get a pass, like those guys – Watched the play action, stayed home. They even got a hit and chip. But instead of running with him, they pressured um, Anthony Richard, which is what you're talking about. And they both got there very yeah. quickly. Tamarian and Kamal are verse quick. But it's like, I get it. Like, it, it they, they you do the best you can to keep that angle. But it's just where you're coming to try to close space as much as you can and keep that angle. And all he has to do is kind of banana. It's just a tough thing to do. Yeah. Obviously, we're just nitpicking a little bit because it is tough to do. But, yes, we would like to see, like, almost basketball shuffle if you have to. Just whatever you do, don't let this guy. So, anyways, yeah, I agree. Um, to finish this off, I thought the play design was great. I mean, they basically said we're just – it was almost like a peewee football. Like, our quarterback's the best player. We're going to just put as many guys blocking on the right side. We're going to run around the edge. Yeah, what happened, that, that was incredible play design. Yeah. I, I mean, loading up your blockers over on that side, pulling offensive linemen out there. They did it multiple times throughout the game. Um, and only one time did we really stop it, and it was a fumble, which was, like, very impressive towards the end of the game. Um, but, you know, watching that, I was just like – Listen, if if we don't make adjustments, then other teams will run this on us because so, they had a lot of success. Kyler, I legitimately 
So on that play, um, Solon Page, um, who actually played a lot more than I thought, and so did Aaron Beasley. Like, what's another thing I was talking about earlier, how this total team effort, it's unbelievable the amount of rotation. Like, growing up in football, like, you rotate defense alignment. You don't rotate linebackers and corners. No. We rotate we rotate linebackers, and it's a t- – I would love to have truth juice and ask them and be like, Jeremy, does it bother you to come out some? Does it mess you up to get out of the flow? Uh, Beasley, Solomon Page, does it bother you to sit there for a little bit? Like, Beasley actually started, and I didn't even know it. But, like, hey, Jawan, does it bother you that you're not in the game for a couple series and then you got to come back in? Like, does it mess with you? And I was thinking, I was like, when I played, like, I wanted to be in the whole time on defense – I think it would bother me if I'm, you know, in high school, you're playing both sides. Mm-hmm. So I get it. You want a little bit of rest. But, like, if I'm only playing one side of the ball, do I want to be able to stay in and get in the flow of it? But I was thinking, I was like, you know what? Like, at least for me, like, I, I, for me, it's always about winning. It's not necessarily about stats. So, like, I would be like, okay, let me – It's they're doing it to keep people fresh. And it's impressive that these coaches staffs feel good enough that they can do this with people that say, hey, we have enough faith in you that we can give – other guys can get get a rest. You can come over here and catch your breath. Yeah. Um, so, But anyways, solemn Page here, takes – One thing I do want to say about yeah. that is yeah. on the last drive when Florida ended up scoring um, before the recovered onside kick, you know, Jeremy Banks started the drive and then he didn't finish the drive. Like the last few plays when we were down in the red zone, he wasn't in. And – if I'm Jeremy Banks, yes, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I need rest. Like, let me rest. There's also another part of me that says, I'm better than every other linebacker in our linebacker room. I'm the best one here. And this is a very important drive. And now is the time for someone to step up. And I'm going to be in the game. I'm not going to come out. I'm not going to let you rotate me. Because... (laughs) <laughs> that's easy to say from the sideline, but like I would, we, you and I both would want to be in the game. Any competitor would be in the game, but like, I mean, if, if, if our guy, if our coach is calling us out, like you I better know, be, but you better, you literally better be Al Wilson, Leonard Little, like Eric Berry to, if you're coming and you say, no, I'm staying like, you got to have some big cojones and some big uh, I, equity. I agree. I agree. But I will say, I felt like there was two plays on that drive that Solon Page didn't do the correct thing where Jeremy Banks would have. Right. I, I No, I, I, I feel you. I feel you. To go back to that play, though, the little peewee high school basically just end Sweet. around. So, Solomon Page takes one false step, and that's all it takes. And it's not even that much. It wasn't even that. It was just he reacted and stepped inside. Well, that's all it takes. Well, then Trey Flowers, I did not – I'm not blaming Trey. Like, this is he might have been – this is maybe where he was told to line up, but I didn't love where he was lined up pre-snap. It was kind of like – it almost was like he was in good position if it was a play-action pass, but if it was a run, he was done for. This is where I legitimately got excited in my britches because I love football. The small nuances, the small, very, very small things that these coaches do is so freaking awesome. The receiver, instead of coming off the ball straight at Kamal Haddon and engaging with him, he inside releases. And you're like, oh, okay, does he inside release to act like he's going to run? I mean, act like he's going out for a route? No. He inside releases so that Kamal Haddon comes with him and then he can turn and block him because – and I put myself – remember, if I was when I was a DB, if I was a corner safety, the guy comes off of me, it's easy to hit him 
and because you're not moving, and I then see, oh, it's coming my way. I'm gonna try to shed, keep this outside on free. Yeah. But really, if you're right here and you're D up and your guy comes in, you're gonna take a step with him. Yeah. And so the, the little small things that these coaches do, I was like, damn, that was genius. Like get him to inside release, Kamal falls him, and then he's already kind of turned, and it's hard to come back. So it was, it was, it was neat. I mean, I like I said, I was really impressed with a couple of things Florida did offensively. Yeah, I was too. I was too. Um, uh, we got to start moving a little faster. We're already about yeah. almost an hour into this bad boy. Yeah, go, go, go. We'll talk quick. Um, okay, so next drive, uh, just amazing pass um, to Brew. He was wide the frick open. Multiple times there was Florida just whiffing on stuff. Uh, not whiffing, Mrs. Simons. Mrs. Simons, yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Just missed assignments, had literally not even paying attention to what's going on. It wasn't like an incredible route or a crazy, you know, design play. It was just them just not paying attention. Um, so huge pass to Brew. You know, a couple runs later, we're in we're in the end zone. Great. Um, I think that was one the draw for Hendon, or was that the um yeah, no, it was. It was. It was a good block by Princeton fans. No, 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 nice. no. It was. It was the outside zone quarterback run with yeah. a lead running back blocker, which I was like, South Florida did it. Let's let's do it versus them, and it worked. It worked great. Uh, so loved that. Um, okay, into the next drive. Uh, Florida scores another touchdown. Um, let's see again, like Pearsall's. Route running was crazy. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I thought you were stalling for a second. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. Um, so just like Pearsall's route running was crazy. His ability to get open on that 38 yarder. Um, and the, I just never really saw any. Wait. Let me know I'm if, you if I'm on the. Uh, let me, you me jump in. So you yeah, catch go it. ahead. Okay, so this is right after we ran in. Like I said, it was a good block by Princeton fan. Great play call. So I love the fact on this defense or this defensive possession for us that Florida attacked Brandon Turner. This is where Kamal Haddon goes out. Brandon Turner come in. You were on the right. You're on the right drive because he they did an out and up. It was a double move. It wasn't a hitch and go. It was an out and up. Yeah. And so what is they see Turnage in? Turnage actually had great coverage. I'm telling you right now, if this was just an out route, it was textbook. But the, but the receiver for Florida, he takes that out route. He takes one step out and right back up. If that was a good throw, it could have been a touchdown because I did not love where Tate McCullough was. Uh, but he, he kind of threw it back shoulder. So it was like still a good throw. That's, but it was, it was a that, good throw. But like if he leads him, it's a potential touchdown. That's where I got confused. So Anthony Richardson's touchdown is on this drive. His rushing touchdown, which we just talked about. Yeah, that's the, fine. We still broke it down the way we want. Yeah, to the last drive was that pass where Kamal tried to rip the ball out twice and didn't tackle. Oh, and, pissed me off. Yeah, and the guy took well, it. Trey, and it. The guy Trey. took it and ran over Trey Flowers. Also, yeah. like Trey, like what are you doing? You just let him hit you in the chest. Right. Right. Um, right. But yeah, so just mention that at least. Um, Okay, then we get the ball back again. Wait, I, I got I got to hit on this. I have to stop you on that same defensive one. Great job, like I said, for them attacking Turnage. But Elijah, East, Byron Eason, Dominic Bailey, Tyree, all of them rotating, all of them played well. Uh, nice hands and block shed and hit by Beasley. 
I mean, he, he he did what he did. Like it was like in this in the stands, I did not see Beasley do make this play. But I go back and watch a film. I'm like, damn, that was a good stick. Anyways, I have this play design. It was a sick, sick route combo that Florida did. They bring they bring Dragger from left. They bring Dragger from right, and then they bring the outside guy. That so it's drag, drag, and they bring this outside guy, and he hooks up. And it was a thing of beauty because they catch our eyes with these, and they're passing off because we were in zone which is a thing that we and you and I talked about in the stands. I said, Kyler, because you were like, why are they hitting these zones? I said, we have, I said, we're, I said, if we're in zone, they're hitting little hitches, little route combos. Nice. And then if we go to man, AR beats us running because, and if you don't understand why that is, is you want to run zone when you are playing against a mobile quarterback, because you can still kind of keep your eyes in the backfield. Technically you're supposed to be reading your keys, watching what's coming in and out of your zones but you, you're still keeping everything in front of you. When you're a man, if your guy turns and runs, you have to turn and run. So if all the damn DBs and linebackers turn and run, then AR can beat you, just like Hendon did to them. So yeah. anyways, I just wanted to say that I thought that was a really good sick play by them. Yeah, that was. Um, now you can go to Tennessee offense. Yeah, so now we're back into the offense. Um, just some great play designs. I Dude, the completion – the completion of Jalen across the middle with Jacob yeah. Warren taking away that yeah. linebacker, it was perfect. Yeah. It, it was exactly how you're supposed to run that play. He, you know, he takes away the front defender so Hinden can get the ball over him to Jalen. Uh, so I absolutely love that. Um, you know, I think this was the one where we're talking about how he missed Jacob mm-hmm. across the middle earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, this is also the drive where Hinden lands on his shoulder, which at the game we had didn't no even idea. Know. We no one. I don't think anyone in the stadium had any idea. We watched this. I was watching this game back. I'm like, what? I was like, if I was watching it on TV, I've been pooping my pants. Like, oh my gosh, we might lose him. I have in my notes here that exact same that we didn't know it. And then this is the part of the game where I started to get a little bit nervous because of the missed tackles and touchdown. Then they run the power. They're kind of vibing. We're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot, all that stuff. So, and then, you know, Hendon gets up slow. He's holding his shoulder. It looks like most of the time you think collarbone, the thing is broken. Um, and it, it got so nerve wracking. And then this drive finishes on a sack fumble, uh, which just, I mean, absolutely just so demoralizing for a team to, to have that happen. Uh, and, on the play, like it's the cross blitz that was killing us all game. Sending six, both linebackers crossing as they come. On this one, Cooper did not stay with his decision. This is the one that is not Jabari's fault. Cooper hit the first guy who came, then yeah. left him and went to the other one. No, don't do that. You're confusing the running back. Pick up one guy, let the running back who has more space, more time, pick up the next one. So this one's on Coop. This is, you know, this was the reason why, you know, that that happened. Um, yeah. Just kind of like an explanation of everything. But, again, this is another drive that Florida didn't do anything. Florida didn't stop us. Florida wasn't preventing us from doing stuff. It's like you're, you're messing it up on your own. And when that happens and when, you know, it is kind of demoralizing to have the fumble. It is kind of demoralizing for like Florida to have these touchdowns, but they have to go for it on every fourth down. They have to pull out all the stops. And Tennessee 
is doing their basic regular offense, and it's literally fumble by uh, uh, Fant, uh, fumble by Hendon, uh, just missing one throw uh, and ends up in a field goal. Like it's just little stuff that we're almost there. It was the same way I felt when we played Georgia my last year. We're down 24 to three, but we drove the field all three of our drives. One of them, they took a 99 yard fumble back for a touchdown. So it was like, they're not stopping us. There's, not, there's nothing they're doing that's stopping us. It's all us. So that thought process did just keep me up a little bit. You know what's funny, though, Kyler? Is that this team in Pitt and Florida has hurt themselves, but we have still come back and made the plays that Tennessee teams of the past four, five, six years did not come back and recover and make. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we were good enough to keep in a game with Bama or Florida or whoever, but we didn't make the play when we needed to. And I'm talking about in Pruitt's time. I'm talking about Butch's time. There, This this team has – even though – you're not perfect. No one's perfect. There's going to be make mistakes. Yeah. But they are still making the plays when they need to. I don't want people to hear you saying that, thinking like, oh, we're missing here and there. You're just saying, like, the only reason we're not running them out of the gym – it's because we're not perfect. We want to be as close to perfect as we can. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the ceiling and the floor thing. So I'm going to say this. So Jack is who I went to the game. We went to the game with, and I was talking to him last night. This is a second person or third person that I talked to after that game that was knocking on the defense. Once again, I'm like, I think that the defense has played. Stop, stop thinking about there's no more 2001 Baltimore Ravens. There's no more, um, you know, 2001 or 2008 Tennessee Titans, because I just have to say it. But there's no more Buccaneers of 2000 and whatever. There's no more LSUs or Alabamas of 08s or 09s. Like, but the fact that, like you said, we still stopped the run that we did. And I'm going in on this little tangent because I have here, this entire defensive possession was massive because this is where the game really could have gotten our – buttholes very tight as Tennessee fans. I literally have a bubble that just says this is a massive stop by the defense the entire possession because it leads to a Romel catch. So you have a great stop uh, by uh, Latrell Bumpus. Uh, Deshaun Rucker had a really good coverage. He just slipped. Like, it happens. Like, it's not like he was three or four yards off, then slips. No, like, he had really good coverage and just slipped. So, like, it just happens. Um, A great, incredible push by uh, Amari Thomas, an amazing play by uh, Kamal Haddon to come in and beat the block. Dude, there was, there was four, guys, four of our defenders were in the backfield on that play you're talking about. Yeah, I know. I'm just repeating myself, but I want to say it because it's like, I, I mean, these guys are all making these great plays. And then um, the third and 10, and I made, it was I kind of have to say this, like everyone like in the stands, like what the hell happened? Why didn't the offensive lineman move? And you're like, well, they're trying to, it's kind of like a gimmick play. They're trying to do, like we used to run it with Butch, and I looked over and I was like, yeah, you used to run it with Butch, like not a good play. Because I was thinking when I rewatch this, if I was the quarterback, I would be so fucking pissed that this is and, – and correct me if I'm wrong, when you guys did it with Butch, I thought it was if someone jumped off sides, then it was don't move and let the running – and let the quarterback then run and try to throw it. I'm okay with that. Florida, it was literally like, a, I guess, a gimmick play that they were going to call hike and no one moves or – Hopefully, yeah. it was one of those where they thought they caught us off sides. But anyways, like, 
I think that's what it was, and it's up to the center to make the call, and he made the wrong call because we were not offsides. So they didn't call a flag on it, and he snapped it, and the offensive line's taught, don't move when he snaps it. This is a freeze play. He's snapping it to try and get the defense offsides, and that's what happens. The same thing happened at Florida, and Worley got absolutely crushed. Oh, annihilated. Annihilated. (laughs) They didn't call it. If I, I mean, dude, if you could have, if you could go back and watch and watch Byron Young, Tyree West, and Jeremy Banks, I mean, it was like they were hungry dogs, and they just someone put steaks out for them. I mean, it was like, it was savage. Jeremy's now, me, hit on you, on AR was incredible. You were complaining a lot about the refs. Now that in, while we were in the stands, like you were literally just losing your mind a couple times about it. When I go back and watch, I'm kind of happy that these guys almost let us play. Seriously, if I'm all I ever asked for refs to be consistent, and now that I watch it back, I thought they were consistent. I thought like there wasn't a bunch of PIs where guys were getting handsy, like at Pitt. They they didn't call anything on Jeremy Banks that could have been a late late hit or the fact that he drove him into the ground. Then we're gonna this segues into the offense where we're at the one yard line, and like they didn't they didn't call this one. They probably should have because someone could have gotten injured. But when uh, Jabari Small gets like three or four yards. And they just keep running him back and kind of throw him to the ground. That one should have been a flag, but I love that they didn't flag Jerome Carver. We actually got pretty lucky a couple of times that they didn't get flagged. It was like Jerome straight shoves the guy, and the ref is right there. And the refs were like, "I listen, it's kind of like in playoff NFL football. It's like you almost know that they're going to let the boys play a little bit more, and you're going to yeah. be a little bit more happy. I, I want that. I, I would just be consistent. But if, if you're going to be consistent for me, like, l- let some things slide. I don't want this game to stop every 10 seconds because these refs are, you know, trying to get TV time. But the fact that uh, – I'll stop in just a second. But the fact that they didn't throw that flag on Jerome and the next play got me fucking juiced. Yeah, because just act like, driving that pile for 10 yards. Bro, we literally – first off, you didn't stop Jabari in the backfield. He got like three yards, and then you guys just didn't stop when everyone else was stopped. So don't act like a bunch of badasses like you almost got a safety. You didn't. Yeah. And the next play, your man 21 and all these dudes that won back like a bunch of BAs, he came off, Jerome stuck him, his big lazy butt didn't do anything, and then Javante, Cooper, Darnell, the rest of the O-line just said – I mean, it was second and eight, and we got 12 yards. People don't act like that's a big deal. That's a huge deal because of where we were – at the end of the time of the game, we're trying to get downfield. Like it, the top, it's probably like two or three, four, five minutes before half. Yeah. Like that could easily be a three and out and punch. That shit got insane. me juice, bro. That I mean, if I had gotten that after, if I was one of the offensive linemen or someone else, like I would have walked up to him and be like, you know, like you want to talk shit when you, a you didn't really do anything, but when yeah. like you thought you're being a badass, like right. no, like, yeah, you know. all right, I'll show you, I'll show you, I'll show you between the whistles if that's how you want to play it. Um. Let's see. You know, this is the Keaton catch. Yep, third ten. I mean, unbelievable for him to move his body the way he did and roll as he caught it. That way he could secure the ball. Incredible. The smoothest Um, thing I've seen, too, that he literally rolls and just goes right into the first down. But before we – before talking – I'm not going to talk about – yeah, before – it was a third and ten before that. And it was – this was another big-time play by Jalen where they run, and it was another one of those – um, Hendon escapes because Jabari almost gets him killed. Um, oh, never mind, never mind. This is the third and ten where Jalen almost gets him killed. 
Hendon has to escape, hits, hits Princeton fan, which was a great, great job by Hendon escaping, but Princeton making a diving catch to get the first down. Then Ramel happened. So it was yeah, good. Then for Ramel happens. Then we get yeah. down towards the, towards the end. Hendon runs it, gets knocked and stands immediately right up, gets in his face. He's, I mean, I love his attitude while he runs too. He's like, I'm not putting up with your bullshit. Like this ain't, this ain't pity pat. Like, no, this is football. Um, and then to finish that drive, the the play design of that touchdown to Brew was incredible. Sending Jalen in motion across, making them feel that that presence of the motion, getting Hendon outside of the pocket to where he can kind of make his own decision, and then Brew just coming across and Hendon just wait, 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 wait. Now it was it was great, great play design, um, just amazing drive before half. Agreed. Let's go to third quarter. All right. Third quarter, we get the ball first. Um, let's see what do I got down. Oh, great blocking on kick return. Great blocking on kick return. I thought it was incredible. I thought they literally were switching on guys in the middle of the return. So I wanted to shout out that. Um, the double team uh, by Coop and Sprags on Jabari's big run was great i mean just incredible them working together up to the next level just open that up uh for jabari um let's see and then this is the one where they bring in jacob for the quarterback draw and end that on that touchdown which was just like well that was it that was a great play but it was called back and then it was when we hit very I actually think that you were grabbing a brew at this time because you came back and I was telling you, and I was like, bro, you, it was an awesome play. It was the quarterback draw. And then they have another MA. They had another misassignment where we just hit Jabari and he basically walks in. It was kind of a nice little play design too, because he kind of was caught in traffic a little bit, but it, cause it, so even if it, if he was still doing his job, it would have been hard for him to get out there. I don't think it would have been a touchdown, but he had a misassignment. So yeah, uh, they were playing like a half man, half zone kind of thing, and they just left the flats wide open. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, defense, great, incredible coverage by uh, Christian Charles on that. It's almost like a dude. They used to do it all the time with Chris Leak back in the day and Dallas Baker, the touchdown maker that they had, where they would roll all the way right and throw back left. Well, they did it this time with AR, but this Christian Charles incredible to stay with your guy that long and to not get super handsy. So great defense there. Uh, this is where they had the third and five wildcat it, idiots, idiots to do third and five wildcat, but it was a beautiful play design on that fourth and two. I literally have it here where they bring they motion and shift. So there's a little bit of confusion. They bring the first tight end right here and the second tight end right here. They pull them across and drag them. Then, like, the H-back and the running back right here, they pull them. So, it was just confusion. It was a beautiful play design. Yeah. This this drive, also, there was a Byron Young, like, sack where I could not believe that Anthony Richardson held on to that ball. Like, he literally grabbed his arm, and he somehow switched it to the other hand and got tackled. It yeah. was insane. That was um, for uh, Kamal. Was that where Kamal got the face mask? Because he was back there, too. Maybe not, but it was, it was yeah, great. Yeah, that was a face mask drive, too. Uh, so long drive, um, you know, ends up in a touchdown. Uh, you know, we get the ball back. I, I, I mean, Hendon's it, Hendon's run on this one to escape a sack, which I mean, he had time in the pocket. There wasn't a bunch of pressure. It was just 
coverage. And it was like, I got to get out of here. I thought he did a good job of literally just noticing man and being like, see ya. Like I'm, I'm running. Cause you guys aren't covering me. Um, late. I thought there was a late hit by 51. I also thought 51 was, that's where I was like, God damn, this guy's fast. Like he might run low four, five, four, fours in the combine. Um, Oh, Fant's route running on his pass to the goal line was incredible. It's not even his route running. The play design was a joke. Yeah, a- and it was – I mean, like, Fant is going against the DB. It's not like he's going against a linebacker. And no, he was I'm able not- to just, like, cut out and was, make him was, miss. It wasn't like he went out there and, like, cooked somebody up. I mean, this is what's called, like – well, at least it's, like, with the coaching and playbooks that I've been around, this is just a Texas route. And so what it is is I love when running backs usually do it, but they did it with a tight end, which was a thing of beauty. But you come out and you break right back in. Well, they bring Princeton in motion. And honestly, Kyler, if you watch it, this is the only place the ball can go to. If it's not going there, then he's just going to have to run it or throw it away because the backside receiver was Jalen. He doesn't even leave. And this receiver right here on the left side was probably Brew. He just runs out to clear. So all they're doing is banking that it's man and that we're going to pick on this one man. Like, that's it. So they bring him in motion. They call it. And like you said, he kind of slithers out, gives that one stick nod to the left, break back in. Uh, I love that play. It's it's almost it's almost like a version of the pop pass um, with meaning you just want to take advantage of that, that middle of the field. But I, I love that play. Continue. Uh, um, you know, this is the one where they no touchdown and then they review and Billy Napier ends up getting a penalty. It's just an idiot. Um, giving us that opportunity again. We end up scoring. Uh, you know, Florida gets the ball back. I, there are multiple plays during this drive where I'm just like, refs, like I understand you're trying to let people play, but like the third nine, there was three holding calls that just weren't called. Um, there was a legal man downfield on um, the – you know, almost sacked by Jonathan Joseph in DT where he threw it away. There's a guy seven yard. There's a lineman seven yards downfield. The wide receivers were blocking on that play. That was not supposed to be a pass. So it's like, Hey, throw a flag. Um, well, you wanted a flag on the lineman downfield. Yeah. On the lineman downfield. Yeah. Cause um, it was not. I mean, it, there was a guy in, in that vicinity. So, cause I was just talking to my dad when he was watching the rewatch with me. Yeah, I, I and then they, you know, huge fourth and two, UF's on their own 30 or so, and they convert with that long pass to Kamal. I would have ran the exact same defense. They ran man. They had, you know, four rushers with zone linebackers right there at that, at that you know, five-yard mark where you think, like, this is where he's going to hit and, you know, made a good play. And that's what we would have designed if it was before the game, make Anthony Richardson make the throw. Um, and then Amari Thomas ends this with the fumble. They're trying to run that outside zone play, and Amari just drives his man straight back about three or four yards, makes Anthony Richardson hesitate, and he gets off the block and causes a fumble. I mean, just an absolutely incredible play by Amari. So uh, this is my last rant, and and I'm done, and I'm done for this pod because we're uh, like at hour and thirty minutes or hour and twenty minutes. So yeah. this is last. So to go where we're talking about this defensive play, um, 
I love to see Joshua Joseph off the backside edge. I mean, the speed of him was ridiculous. Solomon Page was on the front side, and he did a good job of squeezing down, taking on the pulling guy, and still being there. So great job. And then uh, Dejon Terry and Dominic Bailey and JJ again all squeezed, stopped to run. It was a thing of beauty. Then it, the play time switches. They go to the fourth quarter. They're going the opposite way, and that's where freaking you know. Um, Amari Thomas, Byron Younger there. And the funny thing is, we didn't even know it was a fumble in, in the stadium where we were. Like, I, I watched on TV and heard people get loud. So, I think, like, the people on the sidelines, but the people in the end zones, I don't think we could really see it. Because if we had saw that it was a fumble, I think that would have been one of the loudest eruptions in all of, you know, Neil and history. But, like, we didn't really get to see it. So, for me to finish off, I don't really have a bunch of notes on the fourth quarter because, like, when you watch it, like this game should have been over there. Like we stop them, we get the fumble. It's um, I don't know. I think that at that point it was seventeen, or maybe it was ten, and we drive down. Yeah, but, we end up driving oh, down, making it seventeen. Right, right, yeah. Right so, touchdown, yeah. which incredible block by Jacob Warren on that touchdown. Yeah. He did like a little hezzy on the defensive end, then went out to the linebacker and blocked him for Jalen. Um, there was like a pseudo screen where Jacob just starts in motion towards Jalen Hyatt and then just blocks the guy as Jalen comes back to the ball, which I love that play design too. Um, I thought there was a bunch of – there was like literally two horse collars on that drive. But, you know, we end up scoring. And then just to finish, like that last drive by Florida, I really thought the defense just kind of got a little lazy in the back end and weren't like – doing everything they could because they kind of just felt comfortable and everything like that. And then to also pair that with the onside kick, it doesn't help that they already kicked an onside kick. So they knew what we looked like in onside kicks, but then we had four guys to their six guys over there. And then, you know, Fant is kind of like watching the ball and not the defenders. And then brew goes up and tries to chest catch it. Just a combination of all of it where it's like, okay, we got to get in the film room. We got to look over this because this is not the way you play an onside kick. So, yeah. So I said it was going to be my last rant, but it was good that you jumped in because I was going to kind of be finishing stuff. But a massive, massive drive for us to really seal the game. I mean, to be up 17 with like seven minutes to go. I mean, in that stadium, I mean, it was a great tweet. Whoever said it was hilarious. I don't know who it was, but it was like in that game, you got a blowout feeling, you got um, a collapse feeling, and then you got the, oh my God, we're about to choke this type. You know, we had like three close oh. wins at the end. So there was multiple of these feelings, but like I get what the defense was doing where it was like, hey, we're up 17. There's five minutes to go. Just tick, tick, tick. Keep everything in front of you. Make them earn it. Make them earn it. But if you do that, then you have to get the first down on the next drive. And we don't. Now it was a good play. I I I I'm fine. I'm fine either way. If he just wants to run it out because he knows he's up 10, and so it's a two-possession game. He says, I'm going to make them use all their timeouts and bleed this out and get up down 11. to Oh uh, yeah. Thank you. So up eleven, and we're just gonna make them bleed this thing out. And you know what? We bleed it out. It's like a minute, literally like a minute to go in the game. And, we, and I like the fourth down call. There was just good pressure and hinted through it to Fant instead of seeing Brew, who right Brew was right behind Fant, was wide yeah. open. But whatever. But then 
when you get when there's a you know a minute or so left and then you're lackadaisical kind of again and they drive down and score, that's where it's like guys like like you have to make a play at some point and I kid you not. I'm sitting there and we're watching it and they do that onside kick and we already see it because you're yelling and Jack's yelling and a bunch of other fans were yelling like, Hey, we're, we're out, man. Like we had, they have more numbers on the right compared to what we have to, to, to either block and catch the onside kick. And I, I can, I can close my eyes and I see it. And all I see is that right hand, beautiful one handed snag and him just taking off and Jimmy holiday having to tackle him. Now, obviously I knew that he couldn't advance it, but just, I sat down, I sat down and everyone was standing. I sat down and I just looked down. And I was like, no way. I was like, no fucking way. And I really, truly think that's why, because when that game ended, we were all, like, relieved and got excited, but it wasn't, like, an eruption. And then, like, we left, and, like, you would have thought leaving and walking to our cars, like, it was, like, a loss, just because I think we were all just so mentally and physically drained and exhausted, and, like, damn, yeah. we almost like, pulled something. That would have been the most pull out of your butt I've ever seen up 17 with, like, literally, like, three minutes ago or something absurd. So that's why you have to close these games out. You have to make the plays. And I'll, and I'll, that's the last thing I'll say that I'll give credit. Once again, what was I yelling at that last drive? So they made a completion. I'm getting nervous. Then they throw an incompletion and you and Jack are like, all right, this is the last play. Let's play. And I'm just yelling, get back, get back. I want more people. I was like, freaking bring James Pearson, the edge rusher. Cause he's like six, freaking five, six, six. I was like, bring in Brew McCoy, like get people back there. But it, I get why they didn't do that. Cause it wasn't like a legit Hail Mary, but like. They didn't I even feel, run the Hail Mary. They just ran but, like streaks. Yeah. Well, right. But that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm like, and all I see is Christian Charles, Tate McCullough, um, uh, Trey Flowers and Kamal Hatton back. And we have like Jeremy Banks, like kind of in the middle of the field. And then the rest, I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to lose this game. I was like, we're going to lose the game. I was like, we don't have enough people back. Like, they're either going to throw something quick, and then it's going to be like 3v4 trying to make a tackle while they're running, or they're going to throw this up, and it's going to be 1v1 compared to where if, if I'm a coach, I want at least 2v2 back there. Like, I wanted I wanted three safeties across the line on the goal line, and then I want our two corners pretty deep, and I wanted a lot middle linebacker in the middle of the field. But you know what? Tim Banks has a code. And he's going to stick to his code. He did it last year against Kentucky. He's done it this year against Pitt. And he did this year against Florida. He said, We're coming after your ass. Yep. GAT, get after that ass because he does not want these guys to have any time to think or breathe. Mm-mm. It worked out. He's three for three. He's 100% doing it. So I'll shut my mouth up and dag up. Yeah. I was terrified. I'll let the professionals do it. I was terrified. Great pod. Um, hope everyone enjoyed it. We try to get as much in as we can. I don't even think both of us should take notes anymore because we just see the game the exact same way. <laughs> yeah exactly uh appreciate you guys watching listening if you are watching please subscribe like hit that notification bell leave comments if you're listening rate and review download and re-download uh follow us on social media at believe in tennessee on twitter at rbagan26 for read at kyler curbison for myself on facebook instagram and twitter um like i said enjoy you guys so much you're the best and as always Go balls. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.